it's episode six. So you know what that means. It's our finalised League Two review and predictions. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. To the EFL Sesh podcast. I'm your co-host Andy and really happy for you to be here and thank you very very much for listening. Um, so yeah this is uh, episode six so this will be our part two of our team by team league two review. Um, logistics has uh, caused this week for me and Joe not to be able to be uh, present together during the podcast but you know logistics doesn't hinder this pod. We'll always make suggestions and always make ways in which we can uh, get this pod out to you guys um so what we've done is uh, in episodes five and six the, the episode you're listening to and the previous one please make sure you go and listen to it you'll still hear mine and joe's kind of team by team review but essentially the will has already spoken so joe has already been allocated 12 teams at random and i have also been allocated 12 teams at random so you'll either hear a mix in these two episodes of me and joe speaking about the teams in a bit of a back and forth kind of way or you'll just hear me um, in this episode talk about the team, 12 teams that I have been given but you know the beauty of editing is is a, is a way so um, you know I don't know the way we're going to do it which is the cool thing so you know whatever method we've gone for in these two episodes you know we'll just run with it and uh, yeah we're really looking forward for you to listen make sure you listen to us on all the uh, you know your podcasting platforms so spotify and amazon music you know we're completely stoked that you know the episodes have done pretty well you know the last four episodes thank you so much for listening to them you know leave a five star review and all the podcasting platforms you listen to um it really does you know, help us, you know, try and grow the uh, pod as much as possible. Share it with your friends if you uh, like the content. You know, we're really enjoying delivering this and it's, uh, you know, a really fun time for me and Joe. Um, but I do promise in the episode, in episode seven, when the season kicks off, so hopefully when episode five and six drops, this will just be just before the EFL season kicks off on, I think, Friday, the 6th or 7th, uh, the fight will be the 4th or 5th, maybe actually, of August. So, um, you know, the next pod you'll listen to from us will probably be our, um, our first, um, game week review so we'll go through some of the key results and what's happened and uh, give our kind of gut feel instant reaction which you know this is what the pod's all about so yeah strap in yourselves for our uh, for that and uh, strap yourselves in now for uh, the second part of our you know league two um, team by team review whatever method we've chosen uh, moving forward but yeah looking forward for you to listen to it and yeah anything you know any suggestions any feedback you want to give to us you know please please you know reach out to us that's much appreciated we also have a twitter page now so i think it's called the at efl sesh pod on twitter so you know please come and follow us um and yeah uh definitely it'd be great to hear from you um <clears throat> grow the uh, you know organic following of the pod um you know do a bit of back and forth with the, with the with you guys the listeners on on your views and whether you think our predictions stink but yeah um 
definitely follow us on Twitter. Look forward to hearing all your thoughts. And yeah, we'll crack on with uh, part two of the pod. Well, Andy, my disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. Um, in what is the, the truest indication, really, that I have no visibility of these clips before you as well, the listener, do um, in an attempt to keep it authentic. I have only just discovered after literally hours of painstaking uh, chopping and editing and drinking and crying that I could have just left it as it was. And we just essentially do a pod each for League Two. Yeah, you, you live and learn, I guess. And it, and if that wasn't sort of depressing enough of a revelation, now I've got to talk about Crawley's dire season ahead. So yeah, brace yourselves, everyone. But somehow, I guess they've managed. We will talk about Crawley. I'm, I'm, I need to snap out of it. I'll shake that off. Um, somehow they've managed to convince a somewhat competent manager, actually, in in Scott Lindsay, to take the reins after his time at, at Swindon more recently, which seems like it it could be a bit of a coup, I guess, which is unlike a lot of their transfer business so far, which, to use one of my favourite phrases, to call it cyclical would be would be generous. Um, losing sort of key players this summer, Jack Powell, Ashley Nadison, Tony Craig, Jordan Much, Jake Hessentaler, Aramide Ote, to name just a handful of them and uh, and replacing them with a mixture of some League 2 experience but mostly lower league punts um, which doesn't seem like a particularly sensible move for a team who barely missed the drop last year um, but hey, not really unexpected though from an ownership who don't really seem to fully understand how football works in general really um, you'll all be pleased to hear I've managed to carry on my disenchantment from uh, from the last pod with owners who are who are desperate to destroy cultural institutions uh, in football clubs. Um, again, need to need to shake off this negativity as well. This is no way to uh, no way to start a, a second half of a League Two preview. Um, yeah, how about how about fun fact to to blow away that. That feeling, that bad feeling. We've gone, um, we've gone back to basics on the on the Crawley fun fact, and we're going to talk about their badge because there's a lot going on here. Uh, we're talking about a four-quartered shield. Um, so in one quarter, a football, so classic, not so classic. The name of the county that Crawley are in around it. So sort of West Sussex appears around it, which is pretty weird. Um. In another, moving on to the next sort of diagonally opposing quarter, we've got some Latin, which as we know, I don't love, but it stands for don't give up. So I'm a bit more lenient on uh, on Latin phrases when they can be somewhat translated to to football. If you can say it at, at half time, then then yeah, I'll I'll let you off. Um and here's where it gets really weird. So in sort of the bottom right quarter, we've got a red devil. But I'm not entirely clear. I can't seem to find out whether that's because their nickname is the Red Devils or whether their nickname is derived from just having Satan on the badge. Um, I think both are quite weird. Obviously, having Satan on the badge and calling yourself the Red Devils, that's obviously weird. But equally, I feel like putting your club's nickname on the badge just because it's the club's nickname is sort of strange. I don't love that. Um, 
And then the sort of, so yeah, let, let's establish. It. I find that very strange that it gets stranger. We've got the, the, the pièce de résistance in the upper left with what appears to be a sort of diamond shape with three planes coming off of it, um, which is literally to indicate that Crawley is in fact home to Gatwick Airport. That, that sort of classic Crawley Town football club collaboration with Gateway to International Fun and Frivolity crossover. Um, weird. Weird stuff going on with the badge and weird stuff going on with the club and weird stuff going on with their season, I imagine, as well. Um, yeah, the only way is up from here for every other team I'm about to review, which uh, which might give you an indication as to how hot I am on their chances. Um, Andy, over to you. You're, you're always nice and bubbly and, and full of life. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll, you'll perk the pot up from here on in. Okay, the next team I'm going to be speaking about is probably the team that most people in League Two love to hate, um, and that's Salford City. Um, obviously very famous for their ownership of the class of 92. I've definitely watched that documentary as well. On, I think it was on BBC, which was really interesting. But uh, yeah, one of, them, one of them teams which essentially... You know, are bankrolled by some really you know wealthy individuals, former players of Manchester United, and you know that's probably why a lot of play, what a t- lot of teams and a lot of fans probably have a bit of dislike to them because they feel like they've, you know, um, bought the league. You know, look at teams like Wrexham and Notts County and them other teams, Stockport. You know, that are you know trying to bankroll the league. So you know, some people forget, you know, some of these other teams are doing similar things to what Salford are doing. But, you know, I think Salford are the ones that probably get one of the most stick in the league. So, you know, I'll give props to them, right? Um, But last season, you know, was definitely a disappointment for them, I think. You know, I I think they were either around the playoffs or might got into the playoff zone and just, you know, didn't didn't progress moving forward after that. Um, You know, went out in the semi-final potentially. So a disappointing season for them for the kind of squad that they have. But, you know, the manager, I'm going to go to the manager first. So, you know, Neil Wood, don't really know too much about him, but seemed to do a pretty good job with them last season. Got them kind of, you know, they came in in 2022, so had pretty much a full season with them last season. And I think, you know, give him another transfer window and, and to build the squad that he kind of wants to, I think, you know, he, he this is the kind of season for him to essentially prove himself. And really get, you know, and see if he can really mount a serious, like, you know, title automatic or playoff challenge again this season. You know, I, you know, the, the transfer business is has been, you know, to, in my opinion, excellent. I think Connor McClellan, uh, McLennan, I think his name is from Aberdeen. Again, a right winger, very exciting, very exciting player, I think, uh, for them. And I think that he will provide some good quality quality to that you know attacking threat to them this season which is great um i think the signing of luke garber i think from blackpool is a you know an excellent bit of business so i remember seeing him um he went on loan to ipswich for a season a few years back and he's you know his set piece delivery and his general just plays a very technically decent player um and i think at league two level especially you know when he was playing at blackpool he's playing in the championship last season um you know that's going to be a very 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 shrewd signing and a great bit of business and I think he should probably get some you know great contributions from from left back this season I think Curtis Tilt from Wigan you know again provides some really good um you know 
strength and depth in the in the you know center back position and you know for them to push you know for the automatics essentially this season they're going to be really you're going to need to be really short up at the back um you know as they say um goals win goals win games but defenses win championships and i think you know they've been smart to kind of focus on the you know the defensive portion and that alludes to their train uh, their transfer of alex cairns as well from fleetwood again been playing in League One last season, so willing to take that step down uh, and play for Salford, you know, uh, it, it makes sense. So I think that's a really good signing. I think that provides a good level of experience there. He knows the league, or oh, he knows, you know, higher leagues anyway, and, you know, he'll definitely do a job. You know, they, their team has definitely got some quality around it. Like, you know, they've got very experienced heads like Adrian Mariapa, who made his name in Reading, and I think Watford as well. You know he he he's even though he's thirty six he's certainly going to be doing a job and provides that level of quality there. He knows how to do it at the highest level. You've got you know Luke Bolton. I think he is a very very tricky right midfielder, and I think you know he's he seems quite highly valued. So you know he needs to have a good season. He's twenty three years old. This is the year to kind of prove himself. So I think generally, and you got experienced heads like Matt Smith up front. Um, you know Callum Morton seems a very, quite a decent player as a centre forward. Um, but yeah, Matt Smith provides again a level experience, and he's absolutely massive. So you know them set piece deliveries that Luke Garbutt might be bringing into the bringing in bringing in through that transfer will provide some good ammunition for probably Matt Smith to you know probably get a shed ton of headers this year. Um, so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped on on Salford this year. You know, regardless of you know what people may think of them, I think he's got they've got some good quality. They've bought in some really good quality, and that really kind of provides me of a lot of um, yeah a lot of kind of excitement for them this year. Um, I think the loss of Jason Lowe's a little bit of a sad one um, in defensive midfield. I think he was a good anchor, but I think you know give him another. You know, a couple, a few weeks in the transfer window, I think they'll probably bring in some more quality to replace them. So I'm pretty high on, pretty high on Salford this year. I think they're going to mount a pretty decent challenge, and I've definitely got them up the, um, you know, the definitely the good end of the table. And and yeah, time will tell. Uh, but yeah, give a bit of love to Salford. You know, sometimes I think they do get some unnecessary stick, and uh, well, well, you know, they've got to just put their, you know, they've got to put their, what's the word I'm looking for? They've got to kind of prove themselves on the pitch and, you know, silence the haters, as they say. So, yeah, Salford this year, I think they're going to do pretty well. Ah, I see we are accidentally coalescing again, Andy, on our not just hating teams because they have money point, uh, which is excellent news. But in actual fact, I do have quite a lot of time for the hate on Salford, though, as um, A, most of the class of 92 have bottled it. Now they're not turning over pub teams 20 nil. And have stepped away, which is disappointing, if not entirely surprising in reality. And B, I don't know, it's a it's a club so small that 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 blew up so aggressively that it seems intent on manufacturing like rivalries whenever and wherever they can, which is just quite aggravating, really. It's like a little ant or a little bug, sort of like squirming around, and you're like, oh, get lost. Um, also. It's not something really which they can ultimately control, to be honest, but they have actively contributed to nonetheless, um, which I absolutely hate and actually seems like something that you're quite a big fan of considering you you reference them quite often. So I guess we could fight about that later. But um, it's the sort of the football documentary just following around a club 
where everything sort of becomes make or break and high octane when actually you've just sort of beaten Gateshead one nil. And but then but then that's fine. That's also good. I don't know why you have to make a big drama about it. I mean, for football to mean something, it surely has to be as mundane as it is exciting. Otherwise, anything other than last minute winners and final day promotions just becomes the, the norm. It's I don't know. It's sort of just the sky sportsification of football in general. Everything has to have a big long saga behind it and a Saturday can't just be just be a good Saturday to go to the pub with your mates and watch Orient lose the bottom of the league who presumably haven't scored a goal as well in months we're, we're normally very good at that um, well that's dreary again I told you I was going to cheer up but that's that's gone out the window um, maybe Forest Green Rovers will do the trick because there's absolutely nothing faddy about them um, as far as I can remember he lied um but let's focus let's focus on them let's focus on the season ahead having brought in duncan ferguson i guess sort of end of last year for the sole purpose it looks like of getting the enjoyment of sacking him which i'm highly on board with by the way um it's difficult to be too enamored with their subsequent managerial saga this summer first looking sort of fairly progressive and interesting with the appointment of their Academy Chief Hannah Dingley insisting that it wasn't a publicity stunt before reverting to classic football league form, getting her out and replacing her with Dave Horseman, the Southampton B team manager, the only job on his CV. Um, I mean, nothing against Dave specifically. I'm sure Mr. Horseman is a lovely fella and he's probably very competent as well, but it's just very difficult to tell, isn't it? You've got no record to speak of. Um, on the pitch has been the natural churn, which comes after getting relegated the year before. Um, losing sort of key players like Re- Regan Henry and or Hendry rather and Ben Stevenson will be frustrating losses in the middle of the park. But I don't know. Is who knows? But with exciting youngsters or Teddy Jenks coming in from Brighton, it might might give them the impetus they need to arrest the slide that they're on because I do fear they are on a bit of a slide. Um, they've also brought in seemingly experienced keeper Luke Daniels, notable if nothing else actually for the fact they've released five other keepers this year and quite why they were stockpiling so many keepers is a bit beyond me, but we can't have helped them last year because they amassed a measly 27 points and had a minus 58 goal difference so maybe they were planning on playing two and just trying to keep the trying to keep the goals out but that didn't work cool the the negativity just continues at present i I can't get out this rut so let me let me revert back to, to an old familiar something that always cheers me up grimsby andy take it away so next up we have grimsby which i think probably is a lot of uh lot of people second teams i think um you know it's a really nice uh story they had last season in the fa cup you know beating some really high level opposition i think you know they're they're a team that you know definitely overperformed in that competition and provided them with a great journey and great experience for their players playing some upper level opposition and and actually beating them which is awesome right i think they eventually got knocked out by southampton but you know it was a really really decent really decent uh 
fit uh, idea and and an experience for their players that will never forget and maybe that will provide some good uh, momentum for them to come into the new season. Um, I think they've just recently changed managers, so I think you know they're just about you know in in a, in a period of transition and a period of you know in a period where they're go, you know meeting some new philosophies the manager's going to bring a new philosophy to them and I think you know that that that's either going to go one or two ways it's either going to be really good for them this season and they'll mount a you know they'll have a really decent season or it could go really wrong and it will you know Joe likes to refer to it shuffling the decks or changing the cards um, which you know can ruffle up a few feathers and maybe have a negative events, um, negative impact. I mean, on the team, which is a you know an interesting dynamic and an interesting thing. But sometimes that provides a little bit of excitement. You know, from from their transfer business this year, they seem to have invested quite heavily in attacking attacking elements. So they've got. Uh, Raquel Pike from uh, Shrewsbury and a free at centre forward. Uh, Charles Vernon from Lincoln. Um, Danny Rose from, uh, I think that's Stevenage. And Donovan Wilson from Sutton. So I think, you know, they seem to have invested quite high, you know, quite up in, in, in the attacking element. So that, that screams to me that there was a distinct lack of goals last season. And I think getting, getting you know... Um, players from upper leagues to come down to League Two. I think that's a a good statement of intent. And we'll have to see how they crack on really. I can't say I know too much about, you know, these kind of players, but I think that's in it'd be interesting to see how they get on. I think there's a you know if you if if they've clearly identified as the striking department as the place where they need to invest, then you know it seems that they've invested quite highly in that. So that seems exciting. Um I like the Harvey Rogers, uh, Harvey Rogers centre back signing, and I think that's a that pretty decent, pretty decent bit of business there. But it looks like they've lost to quite a few of their players as well to other you know upper league teams, which you know seems to suggest they probably need to invest to keep that quality, quality there as well. So it, it's a bit of an interesting one. I think you know it's it's going to be a season of, you know how is it going to go <laughs> and playing it as a, as a go along. But if they go on a run, there's no reason why they can't, you know, be up there in terms of like, you know, the upper mid cut mid table shuffle and be nowhere near relegation. So I think, you know, let's see how they get on. It'd be great if they can do another cup run that they did this season and that will just get the, you know, the fans behind them and Grimsby, you know, you always kind of associate them with, you know, being an EFL, EFL club. And I think, you know, it's, it'll be, It'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, it's either going to go one or two ways. It's going to be an absolute. Sh- either, I hope it's going either going to be an absolute shambles, or it's going to be um, you know a season to remember for for Grimsby. But I don't think there's going to be anything in between. So that is me on Grimsby. Grimsby are a lot of people's second team, really. Hmm. Well, well, they might be when they hear this double whammy of fun facts. To be fair. Um, starting off with a football-related one. Did you know, Andy, that Grimsby don't even play their games in Grimsby? Their ground is in fact based in nearby Cleethorpes, with many people joking that they're the only team in English football to play all of their games away, which is hilarious. Um, Yeah, I would love to go to the pub with that guy who keeps on making that joke. Um, and a Grimsby town fact for you, maybe just a sort of general fact about Grimsby. Obviously, very well known for its fishing industry, and in particular, 
its traditional Grimsby smoked fish, which has EU-protected geographical indication status. Uh, oh, oh, although whether that's still true post-Brexit remains to be seen, actually. So I guess that's another Brexit dividend, the denigration of our famous smoked fish capabilities. Um, but anyway, it was reported in the late 1990s that Grimsby made more pizzas than any other area of the EU. I mean, quite how that can be true is beyond me. But in the interests of sort of relentless positivity and good vibes for the rest of the pod, I'm just going to choose to believe it. How about you, Andy? Seems exciting. Yeah, agreed. So who knows? Maybe we'll do a trip up there. But I don't know. Maybe it's the lack of wheel spinning that is getting me down. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to fling this little coin that I've got next to me around and see which side it lands on otherwise known as tossing a coin. Well, why have I changed that well-known phrase? Um, and from there, I'm going to pick a team to speak about just to yeah give, give me that edge back. So here we go. Okay, heads. So we have Warsaw. Warsaw FC, come on down. Um, uh, new, well, new to management in general is, is Matt Sadler at the helm for this year. Probably better known at this point for his stints as a player in the Prem and Championship with, with Birmingham City. Um, I, th- I think he had a brief spell, like three or four games, as interim boss of uh, of Warsaw at the back end of last year. So he must have done something, right? Must have been really impressive because they've given him the full-time gig. Uh, Transfer-wise, I mean, notable incomings. You've got Chris Hussey, experienced fullback from Stockport. And here we go, Priestley Farkasson. Might have got that right. Uh, who is yet another centre back from sort set Newport? Newport just leaking defenders. I mean, I look forward to doing their preview later because I've absolutely no idea what, who who's going to be at the back for them. Going for the classic one eight one. Let's see the mass there uh, formation maybe, but yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. Um, but the main event, the main event for me their, their, of their transfer business is the, is the reintroduction of League Two goal machine Danny Johnson to the to the Bescott. Um, 12 goals in 22 games last year for them and back for more this year. And I actually, I think with a full pre-season under his belt, he'll he'll be looking to hit the ground running and, and fire them up the table. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I quite like that signing. I mean, there, there have obviously been a few key losses this pre-season for them. Um, sort of pseudo club legend Liam Kinsella leaving for Swindon. It's, it's annoying. An imperious centre-back Manny Month or Monty or Monte leaving for Northampton to give them a bit more steel in defence as if they needed it are both yeah they're both blows um, and they've lost a couple of experienced forwards as well in, in Andy Williams and Connor Wilkinson both leaving the club so they could have a bit of a job on their hands actually consolidate what they've got at the moment and maybe set themselves up for a push later on down the line yeah and it, instead of a fun morsel fact this time I've I've gone a bit rogue and decided to pick on a club legend instead for them. And my club legend is is Jimmy Walker, record appearance holder, almost 100 clean sheets in near enough 400 games for the club, and a very impressive six red cards thrown in there for good measure as well. Um, appears to still be a regular follower of Warsaw Fortunes and seemingly all-round top guy. So, yeah, shout out Jimmy Walker. He's... um. He's actually come to the pod's attention, not just for his well, his obvious on-pitch prowess, the, the cat in between the sticks, 
but also his uh, his Twitter activity actually, um, openly declaring his disgust for VAR, which that's a hard agree. Hate hate the stuff, and uh, also his insistence that modern day footballers should grow up, who uh, who want a winter break, as he used to play more games than them over Christmas and New Year. Might be true. And on about 12 pints of Guinness to boot, apparently. I guess maybe that's why he didn't break any clean sheet records. It was just attendance, uh, appearance records. But yeah, Jimmy Walker, uh, the the EFL Sesh podcast salutes you, hero of the game. Uh, That's enough from me. Andy, I hear you've got one half of a fierce local derby this year to talk about. So please be my guest. So next up is AFC Wimbledon. Um, a team that I think, you know, most people will have an affinity with because obviously they rebranded back to AFC Wimbledon um, after they kind of went insolvent. Um, we all know the famous crazy gang from the Wimbledon days that were, you know, in the Premier League, you know, beating teams like Liverpool and going on mad FA Cup runs. And I think even even winning the FA Cup back in the day, which is, you know, mad to think, you know, now they're in League Two. But... One of them things where, you know, it's great that they've been able to repackage themselves. They're back in the EFL. Um, obviously, last season was a, a scrape. <laughs> they literally escaped relegation, like, you know, very, very closely. I think it was literally down to goal difference that separated them from staying in the EFL and not staying in the EFL. So, you know, there's have to be some wholesale changes this year for them to mount a serious push. And that's exactly what they've done. I think I've seen the uh, transfer transfer record this season so far. And they've bought in 16 players and they've got rid of 16 players. So a lot, a lot of business, which we'll look into in a little bit. Um, the manager, Johnny Jackson. So he seems quite a relatively young manager. Um, seems to have experience. I swear he was maybe at Charlton at one point. Um, you know, I think it's not a bad appointment. I think, you know, he clearly knows the EFL as a player. It's obviously a different thing being a manager, but I think it's uh it's an exciting one. I think he's one that player that could definitely or a manager that could get the fans behind him. Um obviously again, he came in last season just narrowly avoided relegation, so I think it's one where it was probably like a baptism of fire for him in League Two. But now he knows the league, I think that could, you know, bear a bit of fruit and I think it will it will uh, mean that they're maybe not as in danger as maybe they think they probably should be. But we'll just have to see. Really, I'm just not sure. But, you know, their business is absolutely, you know, just so much business that they've done in this transfer window. So if we go through most of them, um, looking at the kind of goalkeeper situation, they bought in Alex Bass from Sunderland, which I think is a decent bit of business. You know, 25-year-old goalkeeper, which... You know, means he's got something to prove him. You know, he's got to prove himself and bring himself up back into the league. You know, working with you know Sunderland, who are challenging, hopefully for like the upper echelons of the championship, that provides some really good experience. They brought in Jake Reeves and Stevenage, which I think is a very decent signing from, you know, uh, from League One. I think that's a good good addition to their midfield. Some experience there. They brought in Ryan Johnson, another a centre back from Stockport. So, you know, direct rivals they're trying to affect. Um, James Ball in central midfield from Rochdale. Um, they've brought in some youngsters from Luton. 
Um, James Tilly, I think, is a good one from from Crawley. I think you know if you're trying to take some players from um, direct League Two rivals and probably want some of their best players, I think that's a really important one. I think that's good. And they've taken a couple of Scottish players, so they've taken um, uh, Zach Robinson up front from Dundee, who are playing the SPL, and Will Nightingale from Ross County. So I think you know they've got some players that have you know, been playing at a higher level than League One that, you know, probably will bear some good fruit for for them this season, well on paper anyway. But sometimes when you bring in so many players and that can definitely have a detriment detrimental effect to a team, probably like, you know, shakes the cards a bit too much and, you know, they have to have time to embed and when you bring a pretty much a brand new squad into a into a league it can take a bit of time to embed and, and take a bit of time to get results and you know, we know more than anybody at the EFL Sesh podcast that you need to get the wins early and start that momentum train going if you're going to mount any sort of like, you know, push to go up the leagues. Um, I do like some elements of their squad. I think, you know, you've got some, you know, decent play, you know, some decent players. You know, Josh Davison up front, I think, is a good, is a, he seems a good player for, for the league. He's a young kind of upcoming centre forward, and I think you know he could definitely do some bits in this year, this league. Ali Hamadi as well, I think you know he's a young, young centre forward. I think he could definitely um, um, do well this season. I think I'm quite excited by him. Um, it seems that you know Jake Reeves is a. Yeah, I think he's going to be an anchor in that midfield as the new signing. I think that'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, obviously, was at Stevenage last year who got promoted. So, you know, he knows League Two level, which can be invaluable in these kind of situations. So, <laughs> I really don't know how they're going to do this year, FC Wimbledon. It, again, could be a season where they just scrap relegation when they've got too many players. Or it could be the other way around and they have an absolute sensational season. It's a little bit of... It's a little bit of... Let's see what happens and let's, you know, let's be enjoy for the ride. I'm up for the AFC Wimbledon ride this year and uh, be interesting to see how they get on. But yeah, that's my take on uh, Wimbledon this year. I feel like us getting these two teams one after the other is sort of the yin and yang of the pod, Andy. The the sort of, on one hand, the, the fan favourite, the ray of sunshine, that's sort of the good news story in AFC Wimbledon versus... Me, the MK Dons of the pod, sort of warped and twisted and weird, and nobody really knows what to make of them. But the default is sort of low-level distaste and distrust. Mm, so I'm not loving that. But um, on that completely unbiased note, let's let's jump in to our MK Dons analysis. And immediately, I guess straight off the bat, bit of positivity, a cracking manager, I think, in Graham Alexander. Um, it's got a good level of experience at this level in reality. Um, previously, probably most notably at Salford, where he couldn't get the job done in the league, although it's debatable whether he got a fair crack at it. Um, and he did win the EFL trophy with them as well, which is obviously no mean feat because that's teams from League One and League Two in there. Um, but who knows, maybe maybe that previous disappointment will uh, will spur him on this time to prove his doubters wrong and and take the league by storm, get a League Two promotion on his CV. Um, I mean, transfer business-wise, despite having a soulless bowl of a stadium, which gives massive ice skating rink on an industrial park vibes, 
they've uh, they've actually managed to do some limited but good quality business so far this window really with Alex Gilby coming in f- into the midfield from from Charlton and Cam Norman as well being brought into a skill position at right back from well from you guessed it Newport I mean at this rate there will be no defenders left in the whole of Wales just getting themselves into the Newport setup and then and then after that the world's your oyster you just you just pick a team and go and be a defender for them um I guess outgoings wise as always happens when you're an unlikable team um oh sorry I mean a club falling out of the division above um your better players look for exits and that's exactly what's happened in in quite a few cases um Sully Kai Kai has joined Cambridge Josh McCachron as previously discussed on prior pods has uh, has joined Oxford um, particularly interesting, actually, is the departure of Will Grigg for Chesterfield this summer. Um, so that's a sort of League One direct to the National League jump. But um, I don't know, Chesterfield must really be gunning for a make-or-break push for promotion this year because he's he's only early 30s, 31, I imagine, 31, 32. So he's not exactly out of his peak years. So I imagine he's still commanding a pretty decent wage for, for that level. Um yeah, we shall see. This this isn't a Chesterfield review, it's an MK Dons review. So I uh, I unfortunately think that MK Dons will do quite well this year. Um, as I think they've got a pretty robust setup. And although making a bit of a meal and having quite a tough time of, of it in, in League One recently, they are quite a quite a well suited club to, to doing well in League Two, I think, both in terms of style of play, but also Sort of the right mindset, grinding out results. The focus is on promotion and success rather than style of play, which is uh, well, which is probably correct. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see their their bounce back ability on on full full display this year. Yeah, expecting a strong showing from them in uh, in League Two 2023-24. There's a uh, there's no particularly fun fact about the club itself, considering. It's got a history of about five minutes, but a sort of a Milton Keynes fact for you is that Milton Keynes is actually the background for Cliff Richard's Wired for Sound music video released in the 80s, the early 80s, 1981 or 1982. So so that's fun. Um, and I think that sort of had me spinning out because it baffled me a little bit that Cliff Richards was still sort of kicking about releasing music still. Um, last year's offering being a Christmas album, the the perfect cash cow, um, with the with the hit single that ev- everyone's on everyone's lips, Sleigh Ride. And Andy, I hear you know a few of the lyrics of that one actually. Let's be enjoy for the ride. Not not sure that's exactly how it went, but I guess we can look it up later. Um well, we're over halfway now. You'll you'll be pleased to hear. I uh, I wonder who's up next on Doc for a preview. So next up is um Sutton United. So f- Sutton, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know too much about Sutton to be totally honest. They seem to be a team which, you know, either maybe go under the radar so you don't really learn too much about how they're getting on, but they've been, you know, quite established for the last couple of years, I think, in League Two, so clearly they're doing something right. But 
um, you know, it's, it'd, it'd be interesting to see how they get on this season. So Matt Gray, don't know too much about him as a manager, but he's been there for a few years now, so he knows the club inside out, which is, you know, invaluable in these kind of times. Sometimes stability is, you know, a really important factor when you get, you know, when you go into these kind of league seasons and, you know, we'll have to see how he gets on. Um, but the transfer business actually quite excites me. I think they've done pretty well. So I think um, the two Leighton Orient signings and Craig Clay and Harry Smith, I think, are, you know, decent acquisitions, certainly for... Um, for you know the the team this year and I think they'll provide some good you know good experience and I think um some some know-how in league two and, and league two next season because obviously Leighton Orient won the league last year um so I think that's that's a really shrewd bit of business I think the Scott Cash gets signing from Gellingham's a nice bit of business I think you know taking anything from direct rivals is a is a decent one I like the Ryan Jackson signings I think I'm quite enjoying their business this year I think they're trying to you know, take take players from direct rivals that they you know they rate quite highly, which is good, which shows they've got a pull towards the club. Um, but also taking players from the you know leagues above because they've had experience in League Two. But also you know when you play with players that are from higher leagues, you know that may just provide some good development opportunities for the for the younger players in there as well. When when you play with better players, you normally improve yourself. So that might have like a domino effect, as you will. Um, it seems that they've lost quite a few players as well, again, sometimes to direct rivals or to, to a further afield or abroad. So I think, you know, it seems that they've invested quite highly. Like they're, I think they've uh, been able to get 12 players in and lost 10. So their kind of net amount of players in is is good. So they're bringing in more. They've got a nice squad size of 25. Although I have just seen an absolute rogue statistic that they have a centre forward called Craig Dundas that's 42 years old. Um, that is absolute madness, and the fact that a 42-year-old still playing in League Two, absolute kudos to him. So you know, big up Craig Dundas, or Dundas, if you want to say if that's the way to say it. But you know, that's that's mad. Um, I think you know they've they they don't have any superstars in their team, and I think it's very much that you know they're a team that kind of are probably very well organised. They're a team that you know work work together, work very very hard, but they've got really no like kind of I would say X factor in their team. I would say. They were pretty comfortable last season in League League Two last year. They they came, you know, fourteenth, so they weren't anywhere near the relegation zone. But again, as an unknown entity, I'm a little bit worried about them this season. And I think, you know, we'll have to see how the how the teams embed. But I think with the added quality of like Wrexham and you know Stockport and you know the other teams getting stronger, I think maybe Sutton United are at a risk of potentially being left behind a little bit. So I'm a little bit worried for him, and I think you know my optimism on their signings are good, but I think maybe that is not enough to give me confidence that they will real they they may have a good season this year, and they might be struggling for relegation. So that's probably where my head's at on them, and I'm a little bit worried, I'd say overall. But you know, Sutton fans, please you know reach out to the pod and you know tell us your opinions because again, it would be great to hear some insight on that. So that'd be awesome. Clearly, Andy, you've got an eye for a player with that transfer wrap-up. Um, as does Sutton, gathering a plethora of XOs, old and new, with Smith, Clay, and indeed Scott Cashkit all donning the famous Wyvern crested shirt over in East London. So, yeah, getting the gang back together to bring good times back to the VBS Community Stadium, clearly. Um, 
but yeah, Sutton done. Time for me to jump into one of my one of my big boys, one of the big teams from my list um, to to preview that of Bradford City. Um, straight off the bat, Mark Hughes as manager jumps off the page straight into my eyeballs. Tons of experience, tons of know how. Obviously, won't be phased by being an enormous fish in a you know in a smaller pond. Forgive me for saying it, League Two. Um, and he's had a year now, obviously, to get used to it, to get used to the pace and power of uh, of League Two football, because he obviously had the full season last year as well. Um, expecting bigger things this year from from him and Bradford, I think. Played it played it a bit safe maybe last year, and relied a bit too heavily on the individual brilliance of of, of very high quality players like Andy Cook, obviously banging them in left, right, and centre up top but also a really top-class keeper between the sticks in Harry Lewis as well. Um, but yeah, I think this year it's time for them to kick on and use some of those significant resources that they have that others around them might not to make a, to make a really serious title challenge. Um, now I would say, actually, that the incoming business so far has actually been strong. Um, Tyler Smith coming in from Hull is, is particularly eye-catching. Um, but also there's some good sort of squad depth being added. We've got Clark O'Dor and Alex Patterson sort of bolstering the team ahead of what they will hope is, is an automatic promotion uh, season. Obviously, Bradford are a big team with a lot of history behind them. So one would expect a real ripper of an interesting tidbit for this one. So, um, So I hope not to disappoint you avid listeners in fact so hungry i imagine are you all for information that just one fact won't won't suffice so so i'll start as a starter i'll start by satisfying your your ravenous minds with the knowledge that bradford was apparently the first place to start serving state-funded meals i.e school dinners back in 1906 yeah, it was the the Provision of Meals Act, which allowed local education authorities to provide free meals to elementary school kids. So that's nice. And um, and maybe someone who indulged in a few too many of these school dinners was uh, was ex Bradford goalkeeper Willie Fatty Falk, the the Guinness World Record certified biggest goalkeeper in football. And when in 1907 he stood six foot three inches up. And weighed twenty-two stone three pound, being nicknamed the Colossus and Fatty. So yeah, I wonder which one of those he preferred to go by. Um, I can only imagine the grief he would have gotten, given the borderline criminal levels of abuse, otherwise, or targeted at otherwise extremely healthy athletes currently uh, on a football pitch. Um, but yeah, it fills me with great sadness actually that I won't ever get to. To witness to witness that grief, I think I think in general one of the football league's greatest strengths, actually, in my opinion, is that is the sort of creative chanting and insulting that goes on in uh, in the grassroots of football. Um, I guess a particular favourite of recent times, personally, was McCurdy of then Swindon Town fame being singled out for having both a crap ponytail and a receding hairline at the same time, which was naturally very colourfully and eloquently pointed out to him a number of times throughout the game, which annoyingly culminated in him scoring 
an absolute rocket, if I remember correctly, which is always the way. But then they did lose 4-1, so swings and roundabouts. Yeah, that would be a question I'd ask Andy. Would you rather score the best goal of your career in a 4-1 loss or score a tap in in the 1-0 win? They'd probably say the win. I'm going to say I'm going to say, say the win. He's a team player. Um, speaking of Andy, we're on the home straight now. So what have you got for us? Donny, 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 Doncaster. Um, talk to me about Doncaster then. So Doncaster are one of them teams which, you know, I've always associated with probably higher a higher league than kind of what they are currently at in League Two. Um, I remember seeing them a few seasons ago against Ipswich. I remember Ipswich like battered them like six 0 when I think it was like one of the most tepid performances I think I've ever seen. Um, but one of the things that I you know quite like about Doncaster is you know they seem quite a big club. The Keep Moat's a decent stadium, and they they seem to have a good squad behind them. And I think. You know, last season for them was, you know, not too exciting from their perspective. Came 18th and I think that might have been due to maybe a bit of lack of quality and a bit of lack of confidence from where they are. Um, but I think, you know, a mixture of their transfer business and their manager, new manager, I think probably Doncaster should be a bit more optimistic about this season than probably seasons that have gone by. So we'll start with the manager, so Grant McCann. Um, obviously he was did pretty well at Peterborough and I think, you know, he he established himself as a pretty half decent manager. So I think, you know, in League Two he's got an opportunity to um prove himself. He only just got appointed as of May, so you know, he's he should have a full pre season behind him and a full, you know, transfer window to mould the squad that he wants to be wants it to be. So I think that'll be quite exciting for them. But I think I have also rated their transfer. Oh, I've, actually, I rate the transfer business quite highly. Actually, so you know, getting Joe Ironside on a free from you know from Cambridge. I mean, I all know all the bits that Joe Ironside did in the FA Cup for Cambridge against uh, Newcastle, where they yeah famously beat them obviously last season or the season before that. Um, seems to know you know the league, the leagues in the FL pretty well, and is you know a very much tried and tested striker or centre forward so I think he could do really well this season I think that provides him with a good quality of um, you know firepower up front I think you know Deji Satona left winger from Burnley I think you know getting a getting you know loan players from like Premier League clubs for League 2 teams is a really good steal I think you know he works with you know Premier League quality players, so hopefully he can bring that kind of experience and them kind of that know-how to you know some League Two kind of standard players, and that will hopefully develop them as well, which would be great. I like the Richard Wood centre back signing. I think that's a solid acquisition from Rotherham. I think you know he can definitely do a job, and he's an older statesman, thirty-eight, but sometimes you just need that level of experience, and I think he's going to be captain this year, so I think that's a bigger. Uh, that that'll be a big asset to the team, and uh, if anything, he can just be a really good presence in the dressing room. Like they're worth their weight in gold. Them kind of like you know, them players, which is great to be totally honest. Um, I like the Jamie Sterry signing from Hartlepool. I think that's you know provides a good level of um, you know depth to their to the defensive elements to develop defensive elements. So I think you know generally, I think they've you know they've invested well and they have got some good players in their season. I think you know Cole Hurst is the one that springs to mind at the moment for for Doncaster. You know he's a young kind of left winger and I think you know him him alongside Deji um, Satona who they've just got in from Burnley. I think they've got some really good really good elements there um, to you know 
provide a good bit of firepower and a bit of, you know, not maverick elements, but I think, you know, a bit of star quality and a bit of bit something different to their forward line, which I think with Joe Ironside there as well, I think that's a really good recipe for success, I think. And I think, you know, they, they in my opinion, I think they're up for a, a much more productive season as they had last season. And I think they could be, you know, in my opinion, one of the, one of the maybe dark horses for the playoffs this year if they go on a bit of a run. Um, I think they've got enough in the enough in you know in the whole team. You know they've got some quality all over the pitch to really you know mount a good challenge and have good depth in in some really key areas of the pitch. So yeah, they're, I'm I'm pretty high on Doncaster this year, and I think you know they they could be a sneaking dark horse for the playoffs. So you know, big up big up Donny. A musical accompaniment as well. This truly is the pod that keeps on giving. Um, although you're lucky, Andy, you've got one more preview, though, because you've got that dead wrong. Doncaster, anywhere near the playoffs, is a bridge far too far in, in my book. Um, speaking of, actually, congratulations. Shout out to the uh, the Doncaster Bridge Club A and B teams who have both secured promotion to Division 2 of the Yorkshire League uh, teams of eight this season. Um, I have absolutely no understanding of how to play bridge, and I'm still somewhat convinced. Actually, it's a bit of a myth, like sort of Bigfoot, and people just pretend to see it being played. Um, and actually, then when I do look into it, facts like this do nothing to quell that fear, because the B team this year won the playoff final to secure promotion with a score of twenty nil. I mean, right? Okay. I'm uh, I'm off for a game of hens with my friend and I plan on winning 17 blues and a yellow to four oranges and a greenish colour. There you go. That's about as much sense as you're making to me when you're giving me that bridge score. Um, what do you reckon though, Andy? Game of hens, you in? Yeah. Cool. Well, on to my, uh, on to my final team and the penultimate team of the pod. Uh, we have finally crash-landed on, on Newport. And not a moment too soon, I imagine, before they lose any more defenders whilst I'm speaking and my analysis immediately becomes out of date. Um, well, I guess despite basically having to field four training cones as a back four this year, I um, I was quietly impressed with Newport's transfer business, really, on the incomings front. Not, not that I think it'll do the masses of good, but, but there you go. Um, Delaney coming in from Morecambe, McLaughlin from coming across from Salford as sort of a, an attacking threat. Um, Jameson from Tranmere, finally, as a much-needed defence. And uh, Maxted coming in between the sticks from Northampton. I Yeah, I sort of feel like if they hadn't have let most of their team go this season, they maybe could have been in with a shout of contention or, or at least sort of top half of the table. But alas, I, I don't think we will ever know. I think they will almost certainly fall short of achieving anything particularly noteworthy this year, which is a shame for them. Um, interesting fact time. Obviously, my eye was drawn to their nickname, the Exiles, as a jumping-off point to explore. And the fact is somewhat interesting, if not maybe the most enthralling story in the world. But um, in 1989-90 season... They were, in actual fact, forced to play all of their home matches 80 miles away from their stadium after a dispute with the local council about 
playing, continuing to play there after they'd wound up the original club and then reformed that year. So I don't know, maybe there's a few bones of contention there actually, because as we've already established, Grimsby are surely the original exiles, claiming to have never played a home match in their history, really. Um, and what about Coventry? You know, they were notable journeymen for a few years when they were sort of briefly booted out of the Rico arena. So I don't know, does that make them exiles as well? Or if there's a couple of exiles, are you a bunch of outlaws? I don't know. These are all questions to be asked of of the team nicknaming uh, commission, who, if they aren't already a thing, I'll be forming imminently. Andy, come on, save us from ourselves. I'm waffling on. Round up our team by team predictions, and then we'll uh, we'll get stuck into the roundups. Now, 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 to round off the 12 teams that I was allocated in the uh, spin the wheel uh, for League 2 is a team that's um, near my neck of the woods, actually. Um, so, Colchester United. So, Colchester have always been a team that I've always had an affinity with. You know, my one of my dad's best friends was a massive Colchester fan, and we've, you know, been to a few games you know at the old layer road but now they're obviously at the job serve i think it's the job serve community stadium or whatever it's called now um which is again a nice stadium I've been there a couple of times i've actually seen Ipswich play in a i think a carabao cup or a papa john's trophy game um, i actually remember that game quite vividly because i think colchester won that game somehow but they scored like an unbelievable like 40 yard volley from you know near the halfway line which was a complete and utter freak goal but um yeah nice stadium and um you know I've always kind of liked Colchester because obviously being a local near local lad to the area, um, it's uh, it, it's nice to see them doing okay. Obviously, they used to be in League One. I think they even were flirting with the Championship at one point. So, you know, them being at League Two is probably you know maybe a league below where they probably should be. But you know, they've have been there for quite a few years now and. They literally, again, just scraped relegation, um, but did have a good end to the season, which I think is 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 really important. I think it gives them a good foundation to kind of start, um, you know, fresh this season and potentially, you know, do do better than they did. You know, for me, Ben Garner's the manager, so he's he only came in in March this year. I think he's a relatively unknown. I'm not too sure on kind of who he's managed in the past. But seems quite a young, yeah, forty three. He's not too too old as a manager. He's pretty young to the to profession, so might provide some you know cool new ideas. Um, again, full pre. Again, I've said it for quite a lot of teams, and it seems to be a theme throughout the football league that they're bringing in like managers, um, quite a new, quite a few new managers this season. That you know they can have a full pre season to kind of mould the team the way they want, get the playing style that they want, and and bring in the players that they want to initiate or you know deploy that playing style. So we'll just have to see how they get on. You know, they they've seemed to have some fair few incomings, which is good this season. I think, you know, they've seemed to have invested in some higher level, um, you know, teams. So they've got Owen Goodman, uh, you know, a goalkeeper from Palace, who seems, you know, very young. He seems a Canadian interna- near Canadian international. So I think that's a really good signing. I think that will give them a really good experience in League Two and you know, getting teams like Palace to provide players to you. Nico Lawrence, I think that's a very decent signing from Southampton. I think that, again, brings them a, you know, a level, a, a young, another youngster, but I think that gives them more strength and depth in the in the defence department because I think that was one of their issues last season. You know, 
they didn't concede too many goals, but uh, 51 still, you know, not too great. So showing up the back. But what I've been really excited about is, you know, uh, I think the Maro Banderia um, signing from Arsenal on loan for the season, I think is incredibly exciting. I think, you know, a 19-year-old Portuguese central midfielder, I think that is a really good statement of intent from Colchester. And I think, you know, the fact that Arsenal are letting him go to a team like that clearly means that, you know, they value him quite highly and also, you know, wants to give him some experience. And clearly Mauro fought the the agenda and the um, plan for Colchester this year has seemed quite exciting. So it, it it seems good business. I think they've lost a fair few amount of players. Like Emmett Hughes got got released. Freddie Sears got released, who's been a star war of that team for so many years. Um, former Ipswich player. Um, big up the Ipswich. Um, and you know seems to have you know lost some some other players here and there. But they seem to have you know I think them few signings are good, and I think they need to probably bolster their squad a bit more because they've only got twenty two at the moment. So I think they need a few more. But a very very young squad. Their average age is like twenty three so clearly investing in youth which has its has its perks but also you know can be a bit of a hindrance because you know sometimes need some elder statesmen in there to provide you know some excellent you know um uh kind of you know experience to squad help the younger players develop and you know they're worth their weight in gold sometimes but you know, I think they've got you know they've got some decent players in their ranks, right? So they know Chilvers is a very decent player. Um, you know, a central midfielder that you know does or attacking midfielder actually that does you know seems to have done bits and has been been there. And fun fact, he actually has the same birthday as me, as February twenty second. So you know, I like him even more now. Um, you know, they're they're big player. I think in in you know that's getting the highlights and that he deserves his junior. Um, Tishamadu, I think, or Tishamadu. Um, he seems a really exciting right back, and I think you know he's only nineteen, but he's already established himself in in that squad. Um, and you know he seems to be someone that I think even the higher clubs in some higher leagues have already been looking at. So I think if they can keep him fit and firing, um, I think you know he he he's due to have a really good season. Um, I the only thing I worry about with Colchester, I think, is you know for them they need some more more heads in the door so I think their squad depth is you know the amount of team players that they have in their squad is low and over a 46 game season you're going to need them and secondly I think they probably just have a little bit of lack of experience there I think they need some maybe some more experienced heads that maybe know the league a bit a bit more um and you can't rely just on us you know an average age of 23 in in league one or sorry league two I think you just need that little bit more experience to get you over the line and keep there so I'm a little bit indifferent on Colchester this year I think they might be in line for potentially a lower mid table shuffle or again maybe a relegation fight we'll not know we'll, we'll have to see but yeah I'm excited to see how they get on I think you know I'm excited to see how this Malra Bandera does you know the Arsenal loanee um, hopefully he can, you know, make a really good impression and, and and start the season well. But yeah, that is a that is the final team of my twelve that twelve that I was allocated through the wheel. So there you have it, the full twenty four team, blow for blow account of League Two. You can take all of that wisdom, all of that knowledge, impress all your friends, get called a fool for all of your terrible takes. And um and yeah, just just go about your lives as more well-rounded and enlightened individuals from here on out. 
Um, Andy and I are going to take a quick break. Well, Andy's going to take a long break. He's on holiday. But I'm going to take a quick break. Um, and I'll be back after this short interlude to introduce our uh, our league table predictions, our nominations for for best player, top goal scorer, and surprise package. And um and then let Andy give you an update on Canvey Island. Well, I hope he does because I've teased it enough times now over the last two episodes. That in, unless there is a recording on that, then I'm going to look like a bit of a fool. But uh, we shall see. See you later, alligators. In a while, crocodiles. Um, good to see you all back. Uh, what a what a lovely break! And now I'm 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 refreshed. I'm ready to go. We're we're about to jump into the the league tables, our, our predictions, our, our who's hot and who's not um, for this season ahead in League Two. We'll be starting from the bottom again because we like to crescendo up to our high performing teams. So, uh, Andy, I believe you're about to tell us who you think is going to be your your bottom four, and and very specifically, who's the two for the for the chop from League Two this year? So I'm going to go from my 24th to 21st to start with. So I've got Morecambe 24th. Just think they're just not going to do well. I think coming down, I think they're going to unfortunately unravel, and I think I just can't see them do anything this season at all. I think they will go down. Unfortunately, I've got Tranmere 23rd, which is a little bit of a dip, much of actually a massive dip from what they did last season. But I just don't really rate their transfer business, and I just don't think they're going to go anywhere this season. I've unfortunately got Sutton uh, 22nd, which is um, you know obviously flirting with the with the relegation zone at the moment, or even in the relegation zone. I always forget how many teams go down and up, which is mad. Um, then I've got Swindon 23rd. I think I alluded to it. I think it's either going to go one or two ways, and unfortunately, I think it's going to go a pretty poor season for them. Um, so that is my twenty-four to twenty-one um, there for my predictions. What on earth am I listening to? I, I uh, well, okay. Uh, I guess Crawley, I've got bottom, and the fact that they're not in your bottom four is blowing me away. Um, I have agreed with Morecambe. I think they will also get relegated. I've got them in in twenty third place. Uh, I've got Newport in twenty second, but I don't necessarily have a huge problem with Sutton being in your twenty second spot. I've gone Harrogate twenty first. The fact you've got Swindon in twenty first makes me seriously wonder what what is what is to come. But uh, I guess I guess I'll I'll let you I'll let you tell us. Next up is my 20th to 13th, moving forward. So 20th, I've got Barrow. 19th, I have Walsall. 18th, I've got Harrogate. So I've put them, you know, out of the kind of uh, relegation, you know, fight, I think. I think that'll be okay, which is good. I've got Grimsby 17th. I just somehow think they're going to have a major cup run this year and that'll distract them from the league a little bit so they won't be... uh, you know, plucking up any trees in League Two. Um, I've got 16th Colchester, so you know, definite improvement from last season. I think they've got them, they've got the players, and I think they've been recruited well to, you know, definitely uh, ease their fears of relegation this year. I hope anyway. Um, I've then got AFC Wimbledon 15th. Again, they've invested a lot. I think they 
it could be a season where they again just stabilise themselves after you know going down last season. Um, so I think you know that's that's something that I think I actually didn't even go down last season. They flirt with relegation, so ignore my absolute incompetence. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. But I think again they'll do better than they did last season. They were flirting with relegation. I think that they you know they've done well to recruit as well as they have, and I think that'll you know bring them up the table. I then have Newport fourteenth, uh, and then I have Mansfield thirteenth. Again, two teams I don't know too much about. I know Mansfield did a lot better than they did last season, but I think their transfer business kind of doesn't really um, encourage me so much. So I think that they uh, uh, they're they're due a bit more of a mid-table shuffle uh, season this season, essentially. So that was my twenty-one to thirteen. I'm I'm not sure I can carry on. With this carry on, so well, let me tell you what I've got first. So, twentieth Sutton, so yeah, fine. Nineteenth Wimbledon, Mayor, whatever. Eighteenth Grimsby, you've gone seventeenth, fair enough. Seventeenth Warsaw, yeah, nineteenth Warsaw. Sixteenth, I've got Forest Green Rovers. Don't know where they're going to appear on yours, but top half seems generous. Fifteenth, I've got Tranmere, your uh, your relegation candidates, which is. Yeah, there, there we go. Fourteenth, Donny. Although you seemed quite high on Donny, so maybe that shouldn't be too much of a surprise. And thirteenth, Accrington Stanley. I am desperate to know where your where your assertion that Barrow and Mansfield are going to do so poorly this year has come from. But I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never truly know. But wowzers, one of us has got this table drastically wrong, and uh, my money's on not me. But we shall see. Go on, top path, who you got? So next for me, I'm going to tell you who I think's just, you know, missing out on the playoffs this year. So this is my 12th to 8th this season. So 12th, I have Accrington Stanley. I think, you know, they came down from last season and I don't think they're going to challenge for any automatic promotion or playoffs this year. I think they've, you know... They need a year of stability, and I think that that's what they'll get this year. And I don't think they're gonna, you know, set the world alight. So I've put them at twelfth. I've got Crew at eleventh. I think I've been quite encouraged by their transfer business last season. Um, so this season, sorry. So I think they're gonna be up there, which is better. I've got Forest Green tenth, which is an interesting one because obviously, you know, they came rock bottom of League One last year. They were, you know, the whipping boys. Um, and I think, you know. In my opinion, you know, they might have an okay season, but I don't think they're going to mount any kind of playoff push. I think, you know, they've already had some absolute, you know, they've been through the ringer already for this season. They obviously recruited and, and put the uh, female manager um, uh, in temporary charge, which I think it was an excellent appointment. I think that's, you know, showing some great forwardness in the game um, and, you know, that inclusivity in, in the game as well. But then they got rid of her after two weeks and then has appointed a new manager, which, you know, for me is, you know, that's just no stability there. And I think that's, you know, really interesting, you know, for me, a very interesting way of going about business, right? So it'd be so interesting to see how they get on this year. And I haven't, I think that's going to definitely derail them a little bit. Uh, my ninth is Crawley. I think they've, you know, the recruitment's been quite mad, if I'm being totally honest, and uh, a bit maverick. Um, but you know, that just makes me excited. You know, I think it's an exciting time for Crawley. They're trying to do things differently in football at the moment, and they're quite high on social media at the moment. So I think that might lend themselves to have a good season this year. And uh, you know, I've put ninth this it this year, so we'll see. And just, just nothing narrowly missing on the playoffs. I've put Gillingham, and I think. 
you know, that is so much better than they did last season. They obviously were flat in relegation. I think they will ride that momentum and just, just narrowly miss out um, on the playoffs. But that will be a massive improvement. And I think the fans will be appreciative of that this season, um, bearing in mind where they were last season. So that is my um, 12th to 8th, uh, just missing out on the playoffs. Well, I guess we can start to see where uh, where where we're going wrong. And when I say we, that is not the royal we, where you're going wrong. This is a terrible table prediction. Um, for me, 12th, Crew, 11th, Colchester, 10th, Notts County, who I note with great interest haven't popped up for you yet, which is a worry. 9th, Swindon, and 8th, Barrow. Um, I can't let it go. Ninth place for Crawley. Abominable, abominable shout. Um, uh, right, okay, carry on. So next is my uh, playoff zone. So um, my seventh is MK Dons. I think that they'll have a good season back in League Two. Um, I think, you know, they've got some good players behind them and I think their stadium and then general or of the club and I think they you know they're very much an established EFL side now and I think they've um, got enough to essentially get themselves just in the playoffs and have a chance potentially at, at promotion back to League One so I've got them back quite highly I've got uh, at sixth I've got Donny 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 Doncaster um, so I'm pretty pretty high on Doncaster I think I said it in my review I've really been really happy with their transfer business and I think they've got enough in the tank to essentially get them um get them into the playoff zone and quite comfortably as well, which is quite good. Um, my fifth is Salford. Um, again, the team everybody loves to hate, but I think they've uh, they obviously established themselves in the playoffs last season. And I think it's very, very much a same season for them this year. And I think that you know, they may have a chance or even better to actually get promoted, which is um, you know good for them. And it will be good for the, you know, the cast of 92 who invest quite heavily into that club. Uh, maybe not for the neutral fan who seems to again hate hate them as a club and get a lot of stick to give a lot of stick to them, but I think they you know definitely have the squad to you know mount a very good you know promotion push this year, which is which is exciting. And then fourth, I've got Bradford. I think you know they'll ride the wave of their good success last year, and I think you know they were unfortunate not to go up this year last year, and I think they'll be there or thereabouts. So that is my playoff zone this year. Well, my uh, my playoff zone takes shape as a uh, 7th place Salford, 6th uh, place Mansfield, 5th place Gillingham and 4th place Wrexham. So I think our top threes are going to look mightily different. And by the looks of things, you think two, uh, two teams are going to do the unfathomable double jump. But um, I'll... Uh, I guess we'll wait and see. I'll, I'll let I'll let you explain. I'll let I'll let you lay that all out for us right now. And finally, for my prediction for the season, um, I've got my automatic promotion spots, and I think it's no surprise that I've uh, got these three teams in the uh, automatic. So I've got Notts County third. Um, I think that you know what they did last season was sensational, pushing Wrexham all the way. Um, you know, in the National League Championship race. Um, I, you know, the addition of David McGoldrick, I think, in League Two is absolutely amazing. And I think that, you know, he'll score a shed ton of goals. And I think they've recruited very, very well. And and I think that they'll they'll do a very, you know, good promotion push this year. And I think they'll definitely have enough to, you know, get that final, that final automatic promotion space. Maybe even better, but I've put them third for the time being. 
and then second i've got stockport so the 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 recruitment they've done has been brilliant like nick powell coming through the door you're getting i think louis barry as well and you know again league two clubs getting these kind of players that is just unreal right and they've invested very very heavily and i think that that will come to fruition and i you know sometimes money talks right and that can give you a squad which is ultra competitive and then first and probably no surprise i have wrexham winning the league and i think they may win it quite convincingly as well um, their squad is a joke for League Two. I think. I think you know they've they've got Paul Mullen, who knows the league. He was top scorer, you know, a few years ago, and he you know continues to break records. I think obviously they he got injured in pre-season, so I, I wonder whether he'll start. But I still still think they've got enough in the tank with like Ollie Palmer and Sam Dalby, and they've got some you know incredible midfielders like Eddie Lee, and I think they have the squad and essentially the minerals uh, as we say to to win the league and I think win it quite comfortably and and go up to league one and continue that ascendancy and that trajectory that a lot of um you know the neutrals think that Wrexham will go up and and hopefully their fans as well and I think their fans are in for an exciting ride in league two this year so that is my full table predictions for league two well I'm I'm astonished there was there was real conviction in your voice there that we'd all just assume that you would put those two those three teams rather at the top and and Wrexham to win it as well. But I only agree with one. I've put MK Dons third, Bradford second, and Stockport first. But yeah, I mean, looking at that table, we're we're miles off one another. So I don't know. Debrief required, I reckon, when uh when we're all back in the room. But maybe at arm's length, because I don't know if I'll be able to con- control myself with some of those uh, rogue predictions. But hey, m- maybe maybe it is I that is wrong, and I am looking at it with my football league bias, um, biased sunglasses, and I can't see these new up and coming teams doing as well as uh, as you predict. But yeah, there we go. I'm I'm stunned. I'm stunned into silence, which is rare, but I can't be silent because I'm the only one here. So I'll I'll keep talking. Um, there you have it. There there are our predictions. One of us is wrong. One of us is crap at our job. Um, so yeah, I, I look forward to seeing who that that one is over the course of the season. I I hope it's not me, but now I'm beginning to doubt myself. We will. Uh, I'll throw it over to uh andy after another very short break to give us his, his canvey island or well, our canvey island update and then we'll uh we'll wrap it up and we'll let you go about your days just in time for you to enjoy the the opening game of of the football league season 2023-2024 see you on the flip side <laughs> As promised, I will be giving you a update on the non-league team that the EFL Sesh podcast are following, and that is uh, Canvey Island FC. And as we like to say, hashtag up the Canvey. Let's get that trending. Um, so firstly, I've got some transfer news and transfer updates to, to give you from, from Canvey. So they've um, announced a double signing ahead of the new season. So they've signed Kwesi and Tim and Luke Dislanes or Dislandes, following some uh, good trial trial. Uh, periods during pre-season so and Tim joins them from Kingstonian um, 
He started there in the youth system before making his first team debut in the a uh, couple of seasons ago, and he racked up um, twenty nine appearances so last season before spending time on loan in Chipstead and Leatherhead respectively, and the last few months. So he's definitely had some non league experience, which I think will help the team. And then Deslandes, um, you know, is a product of the West Ham youth youth level, and then he joined um, Chelsea City's academy. So again, near my neck of the woods, um, and he's uh, he, he's been on. He's been working at National League side Bromley, where he played in the under twenty three setup. So he's had a good education within the you know the upper echelons of the football league and the Premier League, um, and I think that self well to certainly non league football um, and especially for Canvey. So that's really exciting. They've made these two signings, and hopefully we can report to you more signings moving forward. In addition, I've uh, they've announced the departure of also. Um, Ode Martin Sorondo from the club as well, so there's certainly a a big gap to fill there. Certainly with that with that player moving on, um, part of their recent successes. So you know we wish uh, we wish Ode a uh, nice new career wherever he ends up going. Um, so that is the transfer news sorted. Um, they've also had a recent pre-season game against Bowers and Pitsy. Um, unfortunately, they lost that 2-0. So at the moment, they're two wins and three losses in pre-season. Um, so I think they're now getting into, unfortunately, negative goal difference. But as Joe would say, time in the legs, boys. Time in the legs. Um, so, you know, that they'll carry on. They've got a couple of pre-season games coming up against Greys and actually West Ham as well. So they're playing West Ham in a pre-season friendly on Tuesday the 8th. Um, before their uh, Isthmian Premier League season kicks off, which will you know keep you firmly updated. Also, uh, I, uh, the 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 new Twitter page that I alluded to earlier is uh, it got a like from uh, the assistant manager, which is uh, very exciting as well. So. We're going to aim to uh, try and get Sammy Knott. So, Sammy Knott, if you're listening, uh, you know, we'd like to get you on the pod to talk all things Canvey, and that'd be awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's my call out to Sammy Knott, who's the assistant manager at Canvey Island. So, yeah, respond to my tweet. It'd be great. Uh, respond to our tweets anyway, not much my tweets, the EFL so- Sesh Pods tweets uh, moving forward. So, yeah, definitely get on that. So, 100%. Thank you, Andy. Um... Uh, finally, something that we can we can agree on in in, in this episode, uh, our, our shared love, well, apparently our shared love of of Canvey Island. I think mine's more of a a budding romance uh, as opposed to your sort of fully fledged love affair with them yet. But yeah, I'm I'm getting there. I'll uh I'll, I'll I'll I'm sure I'm sure I'll join you on on the love seat sooner rather than later. Um, well, everyone, that is the end of not only this episode of the pod but the first series if you will um consider the football league previewed um i hope you enjoy the first weekend of proper football returning um this this upcoming weekend friday night i think it kicks off so yeah what what season we have in store um speaking of we will be not with our current uh furious cadence but we will be um, releasing episodes weekly throughout the season to to round up any particularly interesting EFL facts and figures that are, that are spilling out. So yeah, uh, I hope I hope you've enjoyed what we've what we've managed to to put together so far. I hope you will enjoy what we're about to put together in the future. And um, yeah, mind how you go.